Welcome to From Beer to the Bible with your host, Urban Lee. Each week, you'll hear stories from Urban's road to sobriety and steps you can take to help you or a loved one find healing through Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, Urban Lee. Welcome to the show. I'm Urban Lee. Don't forget about the book. You can get the book and find more information about the book at FromBeerToTheBible.com. I want to address a question that I got after my first show. And the question was, what role does faith play in your recovery? Well, I think that faith is important not only to recovery, but to everyday life. I would like to take a second to talk about the three ladies who raised me, uh, my mother, my grandmother, and my great-grandmother. Three very distinct persons, but they made up one mother, one great mother. And I like to say my great-grandmother was the faith of God. My mother was the justice of God. And my other grandmother was the hope in God. And the thing that they always taught me was to, son, keep your faith. They all called me son. And they would always say, son, keep your faith. And for me, the most important part of my recovery is faith. And that's faith in Christ Jesus. And one of the things that I guess in in a sense that kind of bothered me in my recovery was my lack of faith. While the women who raised me had a great deal of faith, I realized that I had to get my own faith. For years, I had been relying on their faith in Christ Jesus. Yes, I knew about the Lord, but I really didn't know the Lord. And in recovery, I had a chance to activate my faith. And I think in today's society, we tend to think that faith is passive. I have found personally that faith is active and you have to activate it. You've got to walk it out. If you think about the Bible, a lot of times in the Bible, it talks about walking with the Lord and it's active. And I think we have to realize that by activating our faith, it takes an act of our will and an act of our soul. So one of the things I had to do was believe that God could heal me of my addiction. And I had to take steps of faith and trust the Lord to come over top of the steps of faith that I was doing in the natural, that he would do the work in the supernatural. And I think today uh, a lot of us think that recovery from drug and alcohol addiction or any self-inflicted suffering is we pray and then we wait on the Lord. So many times I did that. I would pray and wait on the Lord. And what I realized was, can the Lord come down from heaven and make me some food and give it to me? Yes, he can. But perhaps I cook the food and then perhaps I asked the Lord to bless it. And that's the way I went about my rehab. And many times in my life, I had to rely on faith. The things that my my three ladies is what I call them, my mom, my grandmother, my great grandmother, when they were raising me, they always said to me, son, you're going to be able to go to college. And I always believed that because they started imparting and, and putting that in me from the time I was five, six years old. You're going to go to college. You're going to go to college. And by the time I got to be a teenager, well, at that point, you kind of be, become aware of your circumstances. And what I realized was. I'm looking at my circumstances and I'm saying, wait a minute, I don't really see how I'm going to get to college. 
But my grandmother and my great grandmother would always say to me, son, don't look at your circumstances. What you do is you keep your eyes on Jesus. And I understood that, I guess, in the natural, but really, like, what's the execution of that? Well, the execution of that was continuing to go to school, get good grades, play sports, and trust that the Lord would make a way for me. And in trusting that the Lord was going to make a way for me, one of the things that I realized about the three ladies, again, I like to call them the three ladies, was every time I would ask them a question, they would say to me, all of them, have you talked to God about it? Ask God, trust God, and have faith in God. And what that really meant, and I know it now, I didn't know it then, was ask through the power of the Holy Spirit. Trust in the faithfulness of Jesus and have faith in the triune God, the living God. And that is how I activated my faith. And as I was going into my junior year, it it became clear that football was going to be the ticket for me to go to college. But I got to tell you, I was a late bloomer and I didn't have any scholarship offers going into my junior year. But my grandmother kept saying, you know, baby, stand on your faith, son, stand on your faith. So we were praying and believing that God would make a way for me to get a scholarship. So we fast forward to my senior year. I'm getting recruited and schools are calling. And something funny happened one day. I overheard my grandmother telling the recruiter, hey, you can stop calling here. He's going to go to Brigham Young. And I said, well, you know, I, we call my great grandmother mama. I said, mama, you know, why are you telling recruiters I'm going to go to Brigham Young? I haven't committed to Brigham Young. She said, look. I've already prayed about it, and the Lord has put a burden on my heart to send you to that school. Well, I was raised old school, so when Mama spoke, you fell in line. Much different than probably a lot of what happens today, but I didn't question her. I didn't question her first and foremost because I knew she had prayed about it. My great-grandmother, Mama, was a, a prayer warrior. I remember growing up and waking up nights. And I would say, who is she talking to? She's walking through the house, praying and having a full on conversation. And I wake up and there was nobody there. Well, she was talking to the Lord and she was always steadfast in her prayer life. So I knew then that she had prayed about it and that Brigham Young was the place for me. Well, for many of you who don't know, I'm black. So for for me, when I got to Brigham Young, it was quite the culture shock. Right. My school was very diverse, but not only was I in uh, an all-white environment, I was also amongst the Mormons. And, hey, God bless the Mormons. The thing that I learned in my time from uh, at Brigham Young and dealing with the Mormons were they knew how to love. They were very disciplined people, so I learned discipline, self-discipline uh, from them. And then the other thing was they were strong in their beliefs, right? And they were, they're still to this day strong in their belief. They are active in their faith. And what I want to encourage those who are suffering from addiction, alcoholism, or any self-inflicted suffering is to be strong in your faith. And the way you're strong in your faith is you take, even if it has to be baby steps of faith, Yes, do you pray? Yes, do you fast? Yes, do you read your Bible? 
But we have to realize God is a God of action. We cannot be passive. The Bible teaches us that we're in a spiritual war. We're at warfare. So therefore, we have to be aggressive and not passive. And yes, do we pray and we believe God for things? Yes, but we also step out on the faith and the courage that he's given to us. And I appreciate the Lord making a way for me to go to Brigham Young. I was actually the first person from my town and my county to go to Brigham Young. And all of the life lessons I learned there have helped me in my recovery. While I'm a follower of Jesus Christ and I don't believe in all of the things that they believe in, they certainly took care of me in ways that were exceedingly and abundantly above all what my great-grandmother had played. But she knew because the Lord told her that they would. So one of the things that she taught me as well was there's a critical companion to listening to the Lord, and it's called obedience. And the way we obey is we activate our faith. When we get the word, we hear the word, we listen to the word, and we actively obey the word, and we walk out what the Lord has commanded us to do. One of the scriptures that really kept me going in my recovery was Joshua 1.9, and it says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid and do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God goes with you wherever you go. And I love the first part of it as much as I love the entire scripture. Have I not commanded you be strong and be courageous and one of the things I had to do when I was in rehab was to be strong and courageous and every day in my active recovery I have to execute my faith on a daily basis so that I stay recovered in the Lord Jesus Christ we'll talk more on the other side about how faith impacts your recovery This is Irvin Lee. You are listening to From Beer to the Bible, and you can find the book at FromBeerToTheBible.com. We'll be back with more of From Beer to the Bible right here on The Word, 100.7 FM. Finding addiction help is intensely personal, and the differences in options may not be immediately clear. Hampton Ministries was founded with the intent to provide people struggling with substance and behavioral issues with guidance to find the best environment for their well-being and recovery. Our main focus is to help those who use drugs and alcohol to break free and learn to cope with life circumstances. Hampton Ministries provides a rehab welcome kit to provide crucial resources to make their journey a success. Utilizing Lonnie Hampton's principles of character, work ethic, and selflessness, participants learn to hold themselves accountable. We want to help each individual obtain the life skills necessary to live a happy, successful, sober life. If you or a loved one is wrestling with substance abuse and needs help finding treatment or to donate, please visit HamptonMinistries.org. That's HamptonMinistries.org. Welcome back to From Beer to the Bible. Here's your host, Irvin Lee. Welcome back. I want to continue talking about faith. And one of the things that faith does is faith gives us hope. And I want to talk about one of my counselors that I met in rehab. And there were a multitude of counselors there. And I got to be honest, 
I've said this to him. He's probably not the one I would have chose for me. And I remember walking to his office and I'm still kind of dazed. I kind of half want to be there. I kind of really don't. And I look at him and I'm like, wait a minute. What is this guy going to tell me about alcohol recovery? Because when I looked at him, shirt and tie, all nice and clean, he didn't look like he ever really did anything in his life. And I find out he's a pastor and I'm like, oh, man, this guy, he, what's he going to tell me about drinking? So he sees my attitude towards him, and he said, is there a problem? And I say, yeah. I said, you know, you're not going to be able to understand all that I have to say to you. And he said to me, he said, Urban, look, I'm a recovered uh, alcoholic. I was so bad that my children didn't speak to me for 12 years, and now I've been sober for 30-plus years. And I said, "Uh uh-oh, yes, you can help me. So I sat down. And as he's talking to me, like I said, you know, this is a little over a week and I'm still trembling and I'm shaking and I'm having a hard time. What I like to say, calming my soul. Right. And I talked about soul and your soul is your mind, will and emotions. So he's talking to me, but my soul is not at peace. So I hear a voice and it says, look to your left. So I look to my left and lo and behold, he has this plaque and this plaque said, be still. And know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. And I look at that and that that verse is Psalms 46.10, right? Psalm 46.10. So I say to myself, that's what I need to do. I need to be still. And when I say be still, that didn't mean that I didn't activate my my faith or take the steps because I did. But what it did was it calmed my soul. And that now is my favorite scripture. And I went about doing any and everything those people ask of me in rehab. And I recall one day uh, in rehab, you have a roommate. You don't get to at this particular rehab that I went to, Grapevine Valley Hope, God bless Valley Hope. So I had a roommate and his counselor comes the entire room and says, hey, make your bed if you want to be sober to my friend. And my friend says, well, what does making a bed have to do with sobriety? He said, you know, have faith, show the Lord some faith that you want to be sober. So I looked at it and I heard it and I said, that sounds good to me. So guess what? I started making my bed every morning, something that I continue to this point, right? I took a step of faith. And what I realized, all the things that they have you do in rehab is about treating the entire person. We're three parts. We're spirit. We possess a body and we have a soul. And they cover all three parts, making sure that you abstain from alcohol physically. But the most important thing, like the Bible says, they help restore my soul. And they spent a lot of time tearing down strongholds that have been built in my mind and in my soul by our enemy. And a part of that was cleaning out my closet. That's a hard thing to think about. And what I mean by cleaning out my closet was all the sin, all the shame, the bitterness, the resentment, all of those things throughout the years had built up in my closet. So it became like an anchor pulling me down, not only physically, 
but mentally, spiritually, eventually pushing me down to the pit of sin and shame. And what I remember was the enemy used condemnation to keep me from coming back to the Lord. And what I mean by condemnation was, if you think about, I think we've all heard the story of Adam and Eve and when they sinned, well, the first thing they experienced was fear and condemnation. God had to say, where are you? They hid themselves from God because they had sinned, which is rebellion against God. Well, I had sinned. So I was hiding from God. And the devil was always saying to me, hey, he can't take you back. You're an alcoholic. You sinned. He can't forgive you. And again, when you don't have enough of the light in you, darkness and the lies of the enemy sound good to you. So he used condemnation to keep me in bondage to alcoholism. So I had to remember, and as I began to read the Bible again, Romans 8, 1 says, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So if you're feeling condemned because you are in your active addiction, remember Romans 8, 1, you can read it. Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And as I started to clean out my closet, then I realized that, one, there was a lot in there. Two, that was part of the reason I had not come to Christ earlier. And three, it was part of the reason that I was suffering from alcoholism. And I remember the day came as I was working my way through the steps, the AA 12 steps, that it was time for me to confess all my sins to uh, one of my counselors. And sometimes I think God has a sense of humor because I think I told you guys that in my active addiction, I was uh, quite a womanizer. So when it came time for confessional, the pastor and counselor was a female, uh, a mighty woman of God. And I'm sitting there saying, how am I going to tell her about all of my sexual sins? Because she's a woman. And I was kind of holding back. And she said to me when I came in, she gave me a box of Kleenexes. And I'm sitting there and I said to her, look, it's just one box. I got a lot to tell you. I think I'm going to need another box of Kleenex, maybe like a case. And then she could see my apprehension because they make you write everything down. And I tried to skip that step because I don't know if any of you have ever tried to write down all the sins you've committed throughout life, which is what the assignment is and was. So I'm writing this stuff out. And I got to tell you about five or six pages in, I'm, I'm just crying. So I want to skip. I got all my notes with all my sins on there, my tablet, I should say, because there's quite a few. And so I say to her, I, I said, here's number one. And then I try to skip down to number 10. She said, no, 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 we're going to go line by line. I said, hey, that could take a long time. She said, I got all the time you need. And she said, I see that you have some apprehension around perhaps telling me about some of your sexual sins. She said, look, I've been doing this for over 25 years. There's nothing you're going to say to me that is going to knock me out of my chair. And I said, oh, thank you, Lord, because here it comes. And I got to tell you, I truly was as honest as I could be. And after you give it all to him, you go and then you pray in the chapel that is in rehab. And then you burn all the papers that have all your sins on them. 
And it's symbolic of letting it go of true repentance because you're going to think different. And then they let you spend another hour just praying uh, in the chapel with the Lord. Well, that was something I had not done ever. One, uh, two, I got to tell you, I felt lighter. I felt light inside. I felt light in my spirit. But most importantly, I felt free within my soul. And I come out after praying and I had not, I really don't say a lot about my wife, but I'm going to say and talk about her now because that's a very hard and taxing day. And once my wife dropped me off at rehab, what I said to her was, don't come back. Don't come here and don't come back until the Lord redeems me. I don't want to see you. And I had not seen her and I'm in the chapel and I'm praying and I'm sorry, but this is somewhat emotional, but I want to tell it to you. I'm in the chapel praying. And one of my guys said, Hey Lee, uh, your wife is here. And I said, what? And he said, yeah, your wife's here. And I got to tell you, I'm so happy that she disobeyed me and she came and I know the Lord sent her because I needed to see her that day after, you know, confessing all my sins. And my request was, don't come back until the Lord redeemed me. Well, the Lord redeemed me that day. So he sent her back. And we talked and we fellowshiped. And after I cleaned out my closet, it gave me the strength to finish rehab. And when I got out of rehab, you know, I had a lot of apprehension. And I remember the, my last day in rehab. I actually stayed an extra day. I asked them, I said, I'm uncomfortable. I don't know. I can function in here. But when I go back out, the live bullets are coming. So, and they told me, they said, hey, you've done everything we ask. Have faith. And you will be fine. And I'll never forget that is, again, that word, small word, big thing. But let us always keep the faith because faith is what carries me through. And we have to remember whether it's in recovery or life. The Bible says in this life, you will have trials and tribulations. Mine may not look like yours. Yours may not look like mine, but we all serve the same God. We all have taken the way the truth, and the life, which is Christ Jesus. And he has promised to never leave us nor forsake us. But let us remember his command. Have I not commanded you to be strong and courageous, to not be afraid? Let us not be discouraged. For the Lord our God goes with us wherever we go. Keep the faith. One of the things that I want to share with you very quickly as we close is that one of my sponsors said to me, hey, don't run out and tell everybody that you are an alcoholic and that you've recovered. Well, I did exactly that. And I'm going to encourage you to share your testimony. The Lord puts you through the trial. He allowed the trial and the tribulations of alcohol and drug addiction for you to share with somebody else so that you would help them. So a part of that is I would like you to go to from beer to the Bible dot com. 
email us and share your testimony because we would love to give you access to this platform to talk about all that the Lord has brought you through as it relates to your recovery. Now, that website is from beertothebible.com. Again, that website is from beertothebible.com. And I want you to know I mean it when I say I want you to share your story with others in hopes of helping them along their path of recovery with Christ Jesus. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Irvin Lee, a host of From Beer to the Bible. You can find the book at FromBeerToTheBible.com. You can support Hampton Ministries at HamptonMinistries.org. And I want to leave you today with the love, I love you, the faith is in Christ Jesus, and the hope is found in the Lord our God. May God always richly bless you. Thank you for listening to From Beer to the Bible with host Irvin Lee. To learn more, visit FromBeerToTheBible.com. There you can catch past episode podcasts and find other resources. That's FromBeerToTheBible.com.